Hello everybody and welcome to The Room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. And we have a special edition today, a sadder edition of the podcast. Um, after the news today, which which broke this afternoon, that Mohamed Salah will be a Liverpool player for the next three years. He did sign his contract. The long-awaited saga has finally come to an end. I'm Richie, I'll be one of your co-hosts and I'm joined today by Alex. How are you, Alex? Yeah, I'm really good after today's news. It's been a long time coming, so... I'm over the moon with it and I'm ready to get stuck into it all. Absolutely. And uh, I'm also joined today by Owen. Rigo is uh, otherwise engaged, um, but he will be back with us. But Owen, this is a second week in a row for you on the pod uh, in my absence last week. Yeah, absolutely loving it. And the news today makes it even better. I didn't think this day would come, at least for a long, long time. So yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing today. Yeah, it's great news. And let's get stuck into it then. The Mohamed Salah Special Edition. Um, He signed three years on what is in excess of £350,000 a week, uh, and that's not including bonuses. Liverpool like to structure their players and their wages very much like based on uh, incentives. So I'm sure that that baseline figure will probably be, you know, anywhere near £400,000 to £500,000 a week. Um, but that's only good for Liverpool because that means he's earning his bonuses. So, I mean, it, the news broke, and Alex, you were saying earlier that you wrote a, you were writing an article uh, about the meeting in Athens that never took place as well. Do you want to go into some detail about that? Yeah, so I was just picking up on a, a report of a report, really. Um, there was a Greek outlet that said that he was cutting his holiday, not short, but making a detour um, from the Maldives and towards um, Mykonos and then Athens. So with that, it said, you know, Salah's met up, he's agreed, but his agent has um, halted the talks at the last minute due to him putting a few more conditions on that Liverpool when a fan of. So I've went and put that article out and put my phone down. I've looked back up and the article's now redundant because Mohamed Salah's there with the Liverpool shirt and he signed a new three-year deal. So it weren't the, um, the, the best use of my time, but nothing could have made a worse situation better than that than seeing him signed a new three-year deal. Yeah, I saw some of the tweets and alarm bells were going off. I thought Remy Abbas was at it again. Um, and I think so did Jamie Carragher, judging from his from his tweet as well, uh, which apparently now is all a joke and all a, all a ploy. I'm not too sure if I'll believe that one, Jamie. Owen, how did you receive the news and, and what were your thoughts? Mine was actually similar to Alex as well. I was writing an article uh, about Salah's agent and how he put that laughing emoji out and the club had just reacted to it with that face palm emoji. So I was I, I was thinking this isn't good, this isn't a good sign at all. Um, but luckily, yeah, the club looked to have us on there and um, yeah, in the end it looked like it was a bit of a joke and yeah, we can all laugh at it now, can't we? Yeah, you know, Remy is, uh, is, is quite prone to putting out cryptic tweets and it started the saga and it looks like it ended the saga as well. So Salah stays and, uh, you know, we're all the better for it as well. What does Mo Salah bring to this Liverpool team, Alex? How important was it that this contract got done? I think it was essential um, to get Salah to extend. I think, although Mane has just gone, I think this is a real statement. Um, Liverpool over, over the past few years have been a team that maybe haven't been able to retain the best players when they get to a point. So the fact that Salah obviously has put his faith into Liverpool and re-signed and we put our faith in him with the new deal, um, it, it means a lot about not only how far we've come, but where we're going as well over the next season. We know that there's a reshuffle um, taking place now and going into pre-season. But with Salah, you know, um, such a key player for us staying it's going to be it's going to be a lot of use for not only himself and his career and as a team, but also for the new players that 
continue to come through. So I thought it was essential that Liverpool, you know, put all their eggs into the basket of getting them done. And I think he's got at least three more years to provide exactly what he's been doing since he arrived. He certainly looks the part as well. Obviously, before we put on that Liverpool top, his six-pack was bulging out and uh, he looked as shredded as can be. So it looks like he's probably got another 10 years left in him anyway. And, and, and you know, these next three years could very well be his prime. Let's um, let's just talk about Salah, though. He's, he's played for Liverpool 254 times. And in that time, he scored 156 goals and registered 63 assists. That, for those mathematicians amongst us, is 219 goal or assist contributions in just 254 games it's unheard of it's unprecedented yes we can say that he's a winger but you know what although he is a winger he's very much a forward player these numbers are still absolutely incredible for you know for Mohamed Salah who joined for 35 million in 2017 I'm sure that nobody ever could have imagined this he's got three golden boots in that time as well and he still has the record for the most amount of goals in a 38 game season Owen Mohamed Salah, I mean, how important is it over the next couple of years that he carries on doing what he's doing, not just in terms of Liverpool's success and his own success, but also for the team and, and for the youngsters that we have coming through? Yeah, of course. Well, he's our main source of goals, really, over the last five years, even though we've had Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Jota coming in as well. Um, yeah, he's always been the main man, really, under, under Klopp um, for as long as we've had him. So it's absolutely pivotal, really, that he carries on now, just because he signed that new contract, I think I remember with Aubameyang a few years back, um, he signed that contract and he was never the same after. So it's absolutely vital that he actually carries it on and doesn't just go, well, I've got my money now. I've got that big payout of 350k for the next three years and just sit back. He can't do that. He has to carry on going full out. And I'm sure he will because he's a top professional and he's surrounded by absolutely fantastic people, whether it's his family or um, young Klopp, fantastic manager or whether it's the players, because look, we've got a fantastic squad as well with very experienced players. We haven't got um, players who like to go out and party a lot. We've got likes of James Milner, John Henderson, even Virgil van Dijk, who you know they're going to keep these players on the ground. So, yeah, I'm, I have full confidence in Salah that he'll manage to um, live up to the hype in the next few years. He's influential on the youngsters as well. Uh, the people, you know, the players like Harvey Elliott and Trent Alexander and Alexander Arnold. He's he's very influential too as well. So it's a big thing for the youth academy coming up, and it's a big thing for everyone connected to Liverpool Football Club. I think you make a good point about the contract. I mean, the length is, I say, only three years. It's it's better than where we were, you know, this time yesterday. But those three years take him till he's around about thirty three years old. He'll want another contract after that, so he's going to have to keep on playing. This is not a retirement package for him at all. And we haven't done, you know, where clubs have perhaps, you know, played a little bit, you know, foully, I suppose, before, where uh, look, we've seen the likes of Urzel got offered a massive contract over a long period of time and Kaput is gone and then he can't shift him. So Liverpool have played this really well and I think Julian will, will be very happy with, with what's been done today. Um with Salah, he is extremely ambitious. He wants to win everything. He said, actually, that he was disappointed that he only won two trophies last season because, obviously, we were in contention for four. So that shows his mindset. He's he's not slowing down anytime soon. He's Hopefully, and he's not he's not the man to do it, going to take his money and run. I can't see that happening anytime soon. So where does this leave Liverpool in terms of attack, Alex? Do you think that we need to strengthen or do you think that perhaps this is it now for the, for the next couple of seasons? I... I I can certainly settle on the attack, we've got to say the least. I think it's not a priority to go and strengthen that. You've got Salah, who still in his prime, hopefully, 
just Adam Nunes, Diaz. Um, a lot of people are casting an eye over how phenomenal he was coming in. Uh, Jota Firmino back as well. He had a bit of an injury layoff last season. And then you've also got the likes of Elliot and um, Carvalho, who you never know. Carvalho, Klopp might have one of them, you know, mad plans where he sees Carvalho as some sort of false nine or um, an inverted winger, which we know he can play as. So I think the attacking options are certainly there for us. And I don't think that's somewhere we should carry on to strengthen. But in terms of quality, I think it's probably one of the best that we're going to see. You know, we had that. The, the trio a few years back when they were um, at the peak. But in theory, if they can get it right here and Nunes is a, a worthy replacement of, of Sadio Mane, then I think we're, we could potentially see one of the best attacks that Liverpool have, have put out, certainly in my own lifetime. Salah went on to say today as well that he's very excited to play with Darwin Nunez. So that link-up does look like it's, it's starting to perhaps take place. I'm very much looking forward to pre-season and seeing where Carvalho plays as well. Because if he plays just behind Nunez or if he plays in that midfield, and this is perhaps why it's rumoured that we're not going to go in for a midfielder, then again, that could be the attacking aspect that, that Liverpool need. Oh, and in terms of attack, I mean, it doesn't get much better really, does it, than than this current crop of players? I suppose you could have had Mane in there, but I think for Mane to stay, perhaps Salah wouldn't have got his contract, it appears. No, I can't see the club ever offering Salah and Mane both 350k a week. That was never going to be the case, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to getting another attack, if I'm being totally honest. Although the midfield should be the option should be the priority sorry um because when you look at it yeah it is aging and um we haven't really spent much money on it over the last few years so that should definitely be the number one priority but after that though you look at the defense you look at the goalkeeper their sounds they're absolutely faultless like we don't need anything there at all really unless someone leaves which you can do a like for like replacement so um i think yeah the midfield and attack are definitely the two um areas where we could strengthen over the next year or so um i don't know how much we're willing to spend on a midfielder whether we're going to go for all in for like a bellingham or brella um then that could cost more and then we might have that money to then go and spend on a premium attacker but even if we go and find 25 30 million pounds players such as sencio or someone like that i'm not saying we should go and sign him but someone of that caliber someone of that kind of moles um then yeah i wouldn't be opposed to that because yeah salad doesn't really have uh, a backup at the minute it's kind of like on the right hand side no one's really there um, I guess Harvey Elliott could do a job but at the same time is he 100% prepared to play there who knows so yeah I wouldn't be opposed to signing a forward in the next 6 to 12 months at all I think that's a point that we need to really stress as well that we've not just signed one of the best players in the world I think we've probably signed the best right winger in the world in, in Mo Salah because uh, you know, we, we've been on the pod before and saying, well, if Salah goes, who else can come in? And we were saying about Bowen and Rafinha. And yes, whilst they're good players, they're, they're not at that level. So it's not just tying down, you know, Mohamed Salah. It's probably tying down the best right winger in the world. And you can't replace him. And I've said it several times before, Mohamed Salah is, is irreplaceable at Liverpool. So it does allow perhaps some youth prospects like Elliot to, to come through if he is if that's going to be his main position for Liverpool, almost as an understudy to Salah whilst also playing in that midfield. Um, it allows Liverpool to actually have a lot of time to pick their next, you know, attacking right-sided player. Um, Carvalho has obviously been mentioned as well. He, he's only featured on that right side of midfield a handful of times he's primarily like a, a second striker slasher attacking midfielder however you want to you know however which whichever term you want to say but you know that right wing position now is is 
certainly going to be a set for the next three years. Also, it looks like that left wing is with Diaz and Jota able to play there. And we know that Curtis Jones is obviously there too. So for that, for, for me, I think the attack is absolutely bang on. I think that, you know, anything else we would perhaps be wanting a bit too much. But let's talk about this, the rest of this window, I suppose, because I'm still seeing mumblings around that Liverpool aren't quite done. What are your thoughts? Um, let's go to Alex. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one considering this time last week it was businesses done and that's it, Liverpool done for the for the window. So now that we've got um, a con- a contract extended of the the most important player certainly um, as of right now in in the squad and you can go on record and say he's the best right winger in, in the world because he is. Um, no one really laces a glove on him. So. It can change very quickly, it seems, at the minute in terms of signings. Um, not quite done. Um, to, to, if we're going for a midfielder, there's only two that I could really see us signing this window. It'd be Berea or Bellingham. Um, Bellingham, uh, most likely, it's a big if anyway, but it's a big if possibly next window. That's what we're going to be looking towards. So if we could try and bring in someone like Barella, I'd be all for it. But um, I'm quite a fa- like. In terms of like how we sign players, it's a bit like what Klopp does uh, most of the time as well. He he won't go and sign someone for the sake of it or for some cover if they have to be the right fit. So if if someone's out there and the right fit, I'm all for it. But at the same time, I don't think we should go out rushing any any signings for the sake of it. Yeah, same question over to Owen. Really, what do you expect from Liverpool for the rest of this window? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't think we're going to buy anyone. Um, I think we are done now. Paul Joyce has come out and said it um, right after we signed Calvin, Fit, uh, Calvin Ramsey, sorry, that, yeah, we're not going to buy anyone else in the window. Quite as simple as that. And even though Stella, I think he's like a new signing for us, really, to get him done. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like the club are clever. They've done it because they've known that, yeah, we're not going to bring anyone else in. So we want to keep the fans happy. Um, and yeah, I'm not against them for that. Fair play if they want to do that. But yeah, we're not going to sign anyone, I don't think. And if we do, then fantastic. But it has to fit um, the sort of recruitment policy. It has to be kind of a player for the future. It has to be a player who can kind of fit in this team, uh, be versatile, play in numerous positions, especially if it's a midfielder, um, because you can't just have, you can't really have someone like Otago, for example, who is going to come in and just play in like right centre midfield or something like that. Um, and I know spending sort of, 120 odds on Bellingham then yeah you can kind of say right yeah you are number one right centre midfielder and say that but yeah if it's someone sort of cheaper then you kind of want them to play in numerous positions um and yeah if, if the right person comes up then we would stupid not to do it but at the same time um yeah I just can't see us doing it unfortunately I'd like to see for me you know get two more yes, years yeah. put on his deal if that's anything in the window maybe that yeah, I, I I would as well because because Bobby looks like again, he looks like he's a player that can play forever, and he doesn't have to rely on his pace, and he doesn't have to rely too much, you know, on his finishing abilities because that's what everyone around him does. You know, Salah, Diaz, Jota, that uh, they've got pace to burn, and, and Nunes isn't isn't slow off his feet as well. So, you know, I'd like to see a Firmino contract extension too. I think that the club would perhaps now move on Cater and Joe Gomez's contract extensions too, which obviously I would welcome. I think they're both good players. With Cater, we've said it before, it just adds value because obviously next summer, when he's out of contract, can leave on a free. He's not going to demand that much more in terms of wage. I don't think he he himself 
perhaps is happy with his Liverpool career so far. So even if he's, you know, re-signing, I, I, I don't, I don't see that as anything but a good thing. If I'm honest, now Jude Bellingham is always going to come up in any transfer window with the links to Liverpool Football Club. I personally think if we're going to go in for Bellingham, we've got to go in now because Dortmund have named their price. For me, Dortmund naming the price was a little bit of a, a, an eye-opening moment because why are Dortmund naming their price if he's not for sale? That surely tells everybody around the world that if you want Jude Bellingham, you've got to pay 120 million euros. Well, there's his asking price. Now, again, I don't know what the state of the club's finances is. I know that Liverpool are a very, very well-run, successful business and they do have money in the bank. I genuinely think that Bellingham, if he has a half-decent season, if he has a half-decent World Cup, he's going to be way more than that next summer. And it will create a bidding war. Madrid will go in for him. Man City will go in for him. United will go in for him. I think at the moment, if Dortmund are saying, this is what the deal is, I think that Liverpool need to act now because they won't get involved in a bidding war. Obviously, player power has a lot to say for it. So if Jude Bellingham only wants Liverpool, as we've seen with the Rafinha deal in Barcelona, you know, he had two good offers from Arsenal and then Chelsea. He only wants Barcelona, he'll only go there. So that could happen with Bellingham. But I do think that, you know, if we're saying he's expensive now, after a decent season, he's going to be even more expensive, you know, because he's going to be even better. So I do think you need to strike while the iron's hot. And I would love to see us throw in a bid and see what happens for Jude Bellingham. With Barella, I've not really seen too many actual concrete links with, with Barella, but another fine player. Um, I just haven't seen too many links, I suppose, for him. Is um is the wage structure now? Do you think that this all famous wage structure has been broken by Mohamed Salah? Do you think now that FSG have have said, right, we're gonna have to break it? And they have done, to be fair to them. And Julian Ward, I think, has been absolutely phenomenal you know, in his in his inaugural window on his own. I know he was vital in, in bringing in Diaz, but I, obviously with Michael Edwards seeing him as well. What do we think about the wage structure? Do we think that the likes of Van Dyke is going uh, they're going to be knocking on the door to Julian Ward and saying, well, Mo's getting paid this much. Do you think Ali's going to be knocking on the door and saying, well, Mo's getting paid this much? I deserve that too. Bearing in mind that they have recently signed contracts. Do you think that breaks Liverpool's all-famous wage structure at all, Alex? Or do you think that actually... It's a once-in-a-lifetime player like Mohamed Salah who deserves it. I I wouldn't say it's broken exactly. Um, there's a trend in football where you know every every season by season the money is going to increase. Um, it's going to inflate and it, it's going to rise and rise. Um, that's no, um, you know, that's a fact to everyone. So the fact they've put him on three fifty a week, well, he. We rumouredly won 400, so the fact that we could meet him there and be like, if you want your 400, earn it through how you play. Um, So we sort of get the best of both worlds out of getting a player who's going to play well, but then also, you know, not exactly paying him 400 grand a week. I think that would maybe break the structure. But yeah, I'd, I'd honestly say it's not broken. I think that the sort of gap now to bridge isn't as bad as what we may have, you know, feared it to be. So in a few seasons or two, if them contracts are you know starting to come to an end of the likes of Van Dijk or Allison, the, these vital players for us, I think it it's more manageable. Um, and you know bridging that that wage gap is a lot more possible considering it is three fifty and not four hundred. And with um, I mean the rumours were it was either Mane or Salah, and it just so happened that Mane was more than happy to go to to Bayern Munich as well. So perhaps that's how again it took so long to get over the line. We had to wait for Mane to go, perhaps because we know that Darwin Nunez is is not taking on Mane's contract. So we've saved some money there as well. Um, 
outgoings, you know, we've seen Takuni Minamino leave this uh, this past week as well, which was which was sad. But I wish him nothing but the best at Monaco. We obviously would not have been in those cup competitions if it wasn't for him last season. We've seen Origi leave as well. Oxlade looks like he's he's going to stay. Neko Williams is a little bit of a you know a bit of a situation at the minute. I don't think Forrest are putting up enough money to to be accepted. Do you think that there's there's going to be any more outgoings Owen apart from those that are mentioned? Sorry, just going back to Salah for one second, but I just want to talk about this and the contract because a lot of people say, you know, it's £350,000 a week. And that is true. But at the same time, it's going to be more than that because there are player performances clause in the contract. So if he scores a certain amount of goals, it could be around 500 k per week. Um, and yeah, you don't mind it though if he is putting in the performances. Um, but then if it was like 450 k just straight off, then he wouldn't have to work for it. So I like that part of the deal as well. Um, so that's important to mention. But yeah, going back to the departures this summer, um, yeah, those players you mentioned um, look all set to be leaving. Nico Williams, a bit uncertain at this time, but I think 20 mil just below that for Nico and yeah, probably should let him go. He wants first team football, so you can't really deny him that. Uh, I think Nat Phillips will also leave. Um, I can't see him sticking around, unfortunately, even though we all love him, Naldini. Um, yeah, it's very, very unlikely. He's not really Liverpool's sort of player in terms of style of play. Um, but yeah, I can't really see who will come in for him and kind of pay 15 odd million, which is what we want. So it might just be another loan for that. But at this moment, there's still time to go in the transfer window. There's still um, a few months, well, a couple of months left. So we'll see about that. A um, few loans as well. It's already important to mention Pitaluga. Um, he's gone to. I can't even remember the name of the club. Macclesfield. Um, Macclesfield was Macclesfield. It, I think. Um, and quite a few other youngsters as well, I saw. So, yeah, that's quite important to mention as well. Yeah, I thought he might go higher than Macclesfield. But, you know, uh, if he's going to be playing regularly, then that's that's what's important to him. As a young goalkeeper, he needs to be playing regularly. Um, and again, you know, we've got Ben Davis, the forgotten man. He, he could also be on his way too. Um, but that is it for today. We are... Nice, short and sweet Mohamed Salah special. And uh, we feel that, you know, it's important to to embrace these Liverpool players and especially someone of Mohamed Salah's quality as well. You know, there, there will never be another one like Salah. He's, he's going to break so many records as a Liverpool player. He's broken so many already. And I wouldn't write him off. With regards to the golden boot next year, I still think he should be amongst the favourites, if not the favourite, even with the likes of Haaland and Nunez coming in as well. I certainly wouldn't write off the Egyptian king just yet. Um, the best is yet to come, I feel, for Mo Salah, and let's hope that uh, it certainly is. But for now, thank you for joining us on The Room, the Transfer Room podcast. Take it easy, Salah stays, and up the Reds.